0: some men aren't looking for anything logical like money they can't be bought bullied reasoned or negotiated with some men just want to watch the world burn let it burn (laughs) burn baby burn
1: oh for fuck's sake
0: (laughs) ladies and gentlemen We wanted it. We got it. I can't say we. This is me. I have to start this pod because your normal host of this shindig is too distraught. Alexander Doria. It's going to be okay, man. I'm supposed to say words, right? That's what this podcast is all about? That's how, that's how this is going to be. This isn't This isn't Tony time. You couldn't just find another co-host for this weekend? No, sir. No, it's, it's me. You're not dodging this bullet. It's me and you, and we're oh. holding our... Holding our, We're holding our decks! Decks! Well, you're not. I am not. I'm not at all. Maybe oh. for stress relief. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Doris, you're done, buddy. I'm done, yeah, that's it. It's, Fantasy it's reared on. its ugly head. We got two big upsets this week. Yeah. We wanted chaos and we got it. Oh, I love it so much. I, by we, you mean you. Let's just
1: clarify that. No. I don't think anyone else wanted chaos. Nick told me to beat Rob. I couldn't do it. Uh, no one else provided any sort of feedback in terms of chaos. You just wanted oh, no, to. Oh, no, no, no.
0: The league wanted chaos. Well, I guess they did. The people that didn't care, Rob included, wanted chaos. Oh. So, on this weekend, he's like, man, imagine it's me and Nick in the finals. I go, that is my dream. Yes. My pants would be fully, fully hard. Does and, that make sense? No, uh, no.
1: yeah. There's going to be hard things going on down there for sure. Multiple. Um... Nothing everything was soft for me this week. And I think that maybe we should just jump right into the first of two matchups. Let's do it. Would man. you like
0: to do it? Let's do
1: it. For the sake of the pod, we're the hosts, I choose that I want to go first just to get this go. over with. So Nick and Ryan, we love you, but for the love of God, I need to get this over with. Tones? <laughs> you, you,
0: you got some shit to get off your why, chest. Why don't you just get us going here for the first right. matchup of the week? Alright, take a breath. You're okay. Rob defeats Doria. The five beats the four seed. The seeding Doesn't seem like that big an upset, but it was. 144. To 91. Roberto Pescucci. Really quietly. Fourth straight season in the semis. Yeah. Really quietly. Yeah, two finals in that
1: stretch. Like, of all the seasons for him to do it, this is the most laughable one, of course. And we know. We get it. The sell-off. But he's had some strong teams. And here he is again. It doesn't matter who he's got on his roster. He still has guys like Mike Evans and Melvin Gordon. And Austin Eckler, who he didn't play and it didn't matter. But anyway, Rob's still continuing to put up points. And what does he do? He comes out and with all 10 teams in the league, four of them off, uh, six of them actually off this week, puts up the highest point total amongst all
0: teams Mm -hmm. in the league this week. We thought this would be the kind of week we would get from Nick, right? We were talking about it for weeks. Like, oh my God, look out for that big boom, boom week. All of a sudden, A.J. Brown's like, yeah, fuck this shit. Here's a 91-yard touchdown. Oh, here's another one from your boy, Ryan Tannehill, just to put the nail in the coffin. Yeah. It was incredible.
1: But there was, Rob had good matchups all around. And we'll start with Rob before we get to me because good matchups paying off. Sam Darnold on his team from a couple weeks ago, a pickup that he made. Noah Fant, a guy that we laughed at him starting weeks ago. Maybe about five or six weeks ago, yeah. we laughed at this guy starting him in his lineup. He had a good matchup and had, what, almost 100 yards or over 100 yards in the touchdown.
0: I uh, think 90-something. It was incredible. Oh, 113. You're right.
1: Oh, there you go. Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Zach Pascal with the pickup on Sunday morning yeah. as he woke up and was making us breakfast.
0: Finally cuts the cord on Sammy Watkins. Same and player. he just
1: puts him in there. He says to me, Sunday morning, there's no way I can start Sammy Watkins. And I said, man, you know what? It doesn't matter because this week you're not going to win anyway. It's not a big <laughs> deal. It doesn't matter who you start. But hey, you know what, man? We're going to keep trying. We're going to keep trying to play, to be competitive. Oof, Look at me. Oof. Laughing like The fantasy gods did like that. No, absolutely not. And, and you know what? Every single guy in his roster performed. The only guy who didn't was Jamison Crowder with mm-hmm. three points. Everyone else went absolutely ballistic. The funniest thing for me was him going back and forth between Devin Singletary and Austin Eckler, starting Singletary, who put up almost 12 points, but Eckler on his bench with 27 points. Imagine and like
0: 12 touches. Like, yeah. ridiculous. Oh
1: my god, the efficiency was incredible. He had a huge screen pass for a touchdown. Imagine this matchup. With Eckler in there, just add another 16 points to this guy's total. It's unbelievable. You and do what that about,
0: math. I'm done doing math on this part. I'm not
1: even going to bother. <laughs> and what about, and you love this one, what about Pittsburgh's
0: defense oh. putting
1: up 18 points against me?
0: The league, I know the league, including myself, was looking at that and just smiling. Of going course. like, ah, oh, this is poetic justice. Leave it to a defense. As soon as they got that touchdown, the I think it was uh, Deontay Johnson that ran one back all the way for a touchdown. I'm like... Oh my god, this is perfect. Of course Doria's season would end with a dude's defense putting up a ridiculous number against them. And New England's defense just being average. How about Mike
1: Evans catching one pass for a (laughs) touchdown and then dying and going out for the season. But he put it on his back for Rob just for that one moment. Didn't need him. Speaking of putting him on the back, a candidate this week but not our Greg Jennings performer was AJ Brown. Mm -hmm. And despite a massive, massive performance... I mean, this guy went nuts. And what, to you, is the biggest poetic justice of all in this entire thing? Who's passing him the ball in Tennessee? You love Tannehill. I loved Tannehill for For one season. I thought he had a lot of potential. I was really excited. He was going to be at least a startable, maybe a top 12 to 15 quarterback in the league. Which is decent. You can win championships great for that. For my congratulations, right? For but having a
0: mediocre quarterback. Right,
1: but the, the and then Marcus Mariota <laughs> losing his job and Dan Hill taking it over this year. Great. It's hilarious. Anyway, you know what, man? Rob, congratulations, dude. I know you didn't want to be here, but at this point in time, the guy's obviously excited about this. This is huge. Like now, you are in. Like you're two wins away from another championship, and you didn't even expect
0: it. It would be the greatest championship this league has ever seen. on Mike Dotto. It would be incredible. It would be fucking incredible because of what he gave up, which was, as a reminder, Kenny Galladay, Evan Engram, Todd Gurley, John Brown, Patrick Mahomes. Those are the players he sold this year. Holy crap! Like, those are studs. And I know Engram's been hurt and Gurley's been average or whatever. John Brown's been amazing. Patrick Mahomes is still Mahomes. Galladay's been really good. And I know on Dan's team, he's not starting very much at all. But, like, hey, if it wasn't for that uh, Matt Stafford getting hurt, Galladay would be a wide receiver one right now. So it's fucking wild, man. And he's starting guys like A.J. Brown and Jameson Crowder that produce, right? I think uh, we have to talk about what happened with you on Sunday. Absolutely. Yeah. Your RB is just straight up. We're like, yeah, fuck this shit. I'm out.
1: It seems like every year, some guys on my team just decide that they don't want to play football anymore. Last year, Odell was like, you know what? I'm done catching passes from Eli. I'm just not going to play week 14, 15, and 16. And
0: then he carried that into this year.
1: Oh, that's correct. Yeah. Oh, the drama absolutely <laughs> continued this year because he's just bad. He doesn't want to be on Cleveland. He doesn't want to be anywhere for that matter. Maybe him and AB should just make their own football league. You XFL, baby. Play. Yeah, they should just go play somewhere else. But the running backs, I mean, yeah. I'm starting Le'Veon and Josh Jacobs nearly all season long say which we will about Le'Veon but he's been a double digit guy despite the lack of efficiency he's been a double digit guy RB2 low end every week they've so both
0: been yeah they've both put up like and Jacobs has solid been RB2 numbers like, like nothing been crazy reliable. nothing outrageous but the, every once in a while their ceiling at 17 points would happen and then they'll get their floor of like 6 to 8 yeah, which it doesn't bury you but it's not great
1: yeah but you know what isn't a good floor yeah. uh, Jamal Williams 2.4 <laughs> points that I put in this week Shame. how about DeAndre Washington's 15 points yeah I got in there oh, totally led all All of my players this week. He even beat a Murray Cooper's production.
0: fucking thought that, eh? He
1: was projected (laughs) 2.16 points. Projections are dumb? They are dumb. Dude, I mean, I never stood a chance. And here's the thing. Yes, you did. no. Don't say that. No, I didn't stand a chance. You just said
0: two minutes ago, Rob fucking, you were
1: chirping Rob at breakfast. No, I understand, but I'm just saying if you look back at it in a nutshell, okay, Rob put up the highest point total of the week, I could have put up 130 and had a great week and I still would have lost is my point, oh, I see. regardless of the running backs going up, right. regardless of Adam Thielen not playing more than two snaps in my entire ownership of him all season long, regardless of Amari Cooper's knee and him still battling through and still scoring touchdowns and Dak smacking his hand and almost hurting it and Hunter Henry missing half the season. All of these things that I had to battle through this year, and Juju, and Odell, Mm -hmm. and Lev being bad, Mm -hmm. none of it fucking matters when in week 14, Rob puts up the highest total of the week. I could have had Dan's season, and it wouldn't have mattered. Which, at the end, Tones, to be very honest with you, actually kind of makes me feel a little bit better about it. Because if I went in this week with such high expectations, with my team clicking on all cylinders, and then Rob, of all fucking people, did this to me, I would have been truly... Devastated, And right. I would have been much more mad than I am right now. Like if
0: you put up 140 points this week and you lose to the 144, that's worse. Absolutely. Which it is. I totally agree. A- and, 1.84, never forget.
1: And, and to play off of that even more though, I'm just trying to say if I had a roster constructed like a sure. guy like Dan or sure. Rich who got the first seed, and this is how I would have gone
0: out. But you really liked, and I'm going to get to this in like literally 30 seconds, but you really liked your team after that big trade. And I understood it because I love that trade for you as well. And you know what, let's just do this now. We're going to do a fucking recap, season recap of the teams that got eliminated today. Just a farewell, see you later. Here's your recap, okay? And it's going to tie into the trades. Stop me if you want to uh, jump in here on anything. Sure. Really hot start. We're going to start at the beginning. Really hot start. You put up a pretty significant amount of points. Only reached 120 points though, once from week four on. Guys like Lockett. Larry Fitzgerald, remember him? Oh, yeah. Patriots D helped mask the disappointments early of Odell, Juju, Lev sucking. Yeah. Uh, once those guys dropped off, your team fell off a bit, but you were still winning. You were still putting up respectable numbers and finding ways to win. Why? Because I think you got a little lucky. Okay. And I have stats to back it up. And I'm not just being a hater. This is real. You went 2-2 two and two when scoring less than 82 points this year. Ooh, the stats. 2-2. Two two. I did this for everybody. For comparison, Franco... 0 for 5 when he didn't score 82 points. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you get, you know, it's cool. You got to win those cheapies every once in a while, but like that really helped you. Other than that, you're a 6 and 7 team. You might have been 1.8 Ford out of this thing. I would have beat you in points for you, would have been the 7th seed. You know what I'm trying to say? I do. I do. So, you understood that. You recognize you had a problem. Odell and Juju are an issue. Yeah. You make the big trade. Yep. I applauded the hell out of you for it. It was a fucking great trade. On paper, in the moment, that was perfect. It's exactly what you needed. You can drop those guys down. Maybe a waiver wire pickup. Maybe another minor trade. Your wide receiver group looks fucking stellar. But, start Thielen once. Started him once because the of the game hammy. he tore
1: his hammy. Or fucked up his hammy. He left that game without having a catch. After re-aggravating the injury, he's out. And I don't even get an opportunity to put him in. Super unlucky. Yeah. You
0: can't predict that. What can you do? Yeah. Um, your boy Cooper was amazing, Yep, but couldn't you have used Mark Ingram this week of all weeks? Couldn't you have used him down the stretch and had a guy that you were more confident than Lev or even Jacobs? And even if it was, even if you are confident in Jacobs, I would have had more confidence speaking for myself, plugging in Mark Ingram on the number one offense in the NFL and just saying, Hey, this guy can rattle off two touchdowns at any given week. The yardage doesn't even fucking matter. And Lev might just put up four points. So let's look at
1: the top two teams in the league for just a second. Mm -hmm. Rich and Dan. Those guys had depth at every position. When Rich lost TY, he subbed in guys like Marvin Jones who had boom weeks. He lost David Johnson and Chase Edmonds. He makes a trade for Mark Ingram. And all of a sudden, Rich is right back where he needs to be. Puts up a 10-3 record. He wins the league. I knew that I didn't have the depth that I needed coming into the season. And... Maybe it was because of Fab or maybe it was just not getting lucky on the right guys. But I didn't have the waiver success that I had maybe had in the past to help fill some holes. Other guys, Nick is a good example of that, Mm -hmm. making waiver wire pickups when he needs to improve his team. I didn't do as good of a job, and not for lack of trying, but just because it just didn't work out that year. So when I'm looking at my team in week nine or wherever it was that I made that trade, I'm basically projecting the following. I don't know if I'm going to get one of the top two seeds. I need a big shakeup. I'm not trying to have the best bench. I'm trying to construct the best starting roster. So with all of my guys healthy and clicking the way that they seemingly were going to at the time, I had one of, in my opinion, at the time of the trade, one of the best rosters in the league. I would have agreed. Right. But then Amari Cooper's missing time in the middle of games with Mm -hmm. his knee injury. Thielen doesn't play lev continues to be a joke even with a soft schedule jacobs fractures his shoulder lockett stops catching passes yeah, that
0: was a big one
1: everyone who was looking good and then my whole point was putting odell in the flex where he belonged which means i could have a big boom week from him or five points and it didn't matter because i would have still had production at other positions so i tried to and thought that i had successfully constructed the best starting roster never mind the bench But this is where depth comes in handy. Yes. This is where Rich's team and Dan's team deserve the buy. And this is why moving forward, they are going to be looked at as some of the best teams in the league this year is Mm -hmm. because they have, like Nick said last week on this very pod, they have backups for backups. And that's something I didn't have. So when things started to get a little dicey, I couldn't afford to bench Odell. I couldn't afford to bench Lockett. I had to ride with what I had beyond the deadline. And I had already traded my first round pick.
0: It was definitely... The trade was a gamble in the moment. It was a big gamble. You gave up a lot. Yeah. And we knew it in the moment. But what you got back was, in the short term, solving your receiver problems. In the long term, and the thing that I was looking at is, oh shit, this keeper situation, which was looking murky, your three stud keepers are now... Might not be keepers. Now you have some options. Yeah. And now that's what you're going to have to sit on and chew on for the rest of this season and into the off season, obviously. But I just thought it was interesting to look back on that trade and be like, man, if you had Mark Ingram in that matchup like this, I know... 144 points sure. it probably wouldn't have mattered, but like maybe down the stretch it would have helped you get that extra win to maybe get a buy. Yep, and you wouldn't have had to play raw. Yep, I know. I had... It's just funny how things change in totally. this
1: league. Totally. Had the two. So, sp- had the two. Yeah, we'll leave it there.
0: That's it. You're done. That's it, Jeff Fun. I did, and you know
1: what? At the very least, let's draw some positives because I've sure. been a positive guy lately. Sure. Especially later in the late half of this year. You know what? I have keeper options next year, like you said, and even though I don't have my first round pick. Guys like Thielen, Amari Cooper, and Josh Jacobs. Three new guys on my squad look a lot better than Odell, Juju, and Le'Veon. And I'm not saying right now on this pod that those are my choices. Because there's lots of time. I don't have to decide until August of next year. But you know what? Having options like that moving forward help me rebuild. It'll allow me to move forward with a fresh start next year and wipe the slate clean of some of the guys that have wronged me. You know what the saddest part about this is? My ode. It's the ode to Lev. Because you know what? It's like... He heard it. You need to win when you have your window. You know what I mean? And Levion's yeah. window closed. And I had years of almost success and playoff opportunities, and I just didn't win in the window with Le'Veon. Yeah. And you know what? I, I could maybe keep Levion moving forward, but he's just never going to be the same player he was. Maybe not. Maybe just like David Johnson.
0: Can you remember David
1: Johnson? Remember David Johnson? Unbelievable. Fuck. All right. Let's move on. Let's give the other guys the credit that they deserve. And this was we a will more do.
0: fun matchup. Right?
1: Absolutely. And we need to give these guys credit because what an absolute beauty of a matchup. Nick and Ryan, a close one. Yes. Going into Monday Night Football. Nick, the
0: sixth seed, doing it big, <laughs> representing for the anybody can win any week squad, which is literally just team me, and that's about it. Nick, or Ryan, sorry, had a, what is this? Eight-point lead heading into Monday Night Football. Ryan had Jeffrey. I got it right this time. Yeah. Ryan had Jeffrey. Nick had Tate and Ertz. Makes the switch for Tate. We'll talk about that in a minute. Jeffrey leaves the game. Injury blouses. Blouses jam done
1: that's just not what we wanted as fans of fantasy football yeah and especially for entertainment pod purposes because you and I were sitting here in the third quarter watching this game and it was already the matchup was already over and that's not the way the this was sucked. supposed to go down that's not the way this was supposed to happen tonight we were supposed to be more excited and on edge about this matchup so Nick with the debate all day long mm-hmm. about trying to decide who was he was going to start between Tate and Sterling Shepard it didn't matter It did not matter, and we were so excited about this, and it just, it didn't matter because Alshon got hurt, but we do have to give credit to Zach Ertz, who this week, instead of A.J. Brown, earns our Greg Jennings Team on My Back award. Fuck it, you can't stop me. 91 yards, two touchdowns, equals a 21 points on Monday Night Football. Nikki, your boy, that trade, he he did it for him. He
0: did it, and like, he actually needed it, that's the thing too, because no one knew Tate was going to have one point and Jeffrey would have had zero. If it was just those two, Reins would have still won. Zach Ertz needed to have a day. He needed to put up some points for him.
1: And how about the honors going to Allen Robinson, the other yes. guy in a trade with Franco? We chirped Nikki for giving Franco what he wanted. A third and a fifth round pick for Allen Robinson, a guy in a Mitch Trubisky-led offense that we wanted nothing to do with as fantasy football players. You know who was in the semifinals? Mm. Not you or me, Tones. Nope. He gave away a third and a fifth round pick, Nick the I-don't-give-a-fuck-about-my-draft-picks dotto, and gets Allen Robinson two touchdowns on Thursday night football to get your Thursday started with two tutties from A-Rob is massive. Not the yardage, doesn't matter. He got... All of the tutties from his boys this week.
0: He got himself started on the right foot and you see that output early in the week and you're like, okay, he's in this shit, you know? a Rob puts up five points, okay, this upset might not happen. Nine, or sorry, 16, which is what he had. Yeah, you're in the shit, man. Get it done.
1: And that is big because four combined touchdowns from two guys that he made Mm. a trade for in the season in a week where Christian McCaffrey looked kind of human once again. Last week, week 13, at home against Washington in a game that Nick needed to win to get in. And now he didn't. And we all know how you 1.84 blah, blah, blah. I don't know
0: what you're talking about.
1: But McCaffrey only puts up 10.2 points. This week in a game that he obviously needs. He's got to win out to win the chip. Yep. At Atlanta. At Atlanta. 13.5 points, and that's fine if you're Le'Veon Bell as Alex Doria's RB2. That's not okay if you're Nick Dotto leaning on Christian McCaffrey as your guy, but it is okay when you get production like 19 points out of D-Hop, mm-hmm. and 16 points out of A-Rob, and 21 motherfucking points out of Zach Ertz. Even though, a well, 1.1 points out of Kyle Rudolph didn't do it for him, but it didn't matter. Two
0: tight ends, in the playoffs, love it.
1: And just like that, Nick Dotto, for coming on this pod... The universe wanted him to advance. It's great karma I think here. that's what it is. I think that's what it is. great karma.
0: Let's but then again, for... you and I are on it every week, and we <laughs> suck balls, so.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, I touched the trophy, and that's why I'm never going to win it. So. I'll never touch it. Yeah, well, you got to stop doing the pot, I guess, too, because <sighs> the gods are against <laughs> Maybe you. Maybe I should there. reverse
0: that and just lick it. Just fucking, I don't know where that's been. Mike had it. That's so gross. Rob had it, too.
1: Dan brought it to the gym.
0: <sighs> I trust Dan's germs, though, over the other two, personally. Ryan, yeah, let's talk back about on track. Ryan. <laughs> yeah, let's stop talking about Jer.
1: <laughs> let's talk about Ryan because he was number one in our power rankings at one point this year. His pickup of Lamar Jackson ahead of Week One had him on track to mm-hmm. be arguably the one seed. You've got a guy who puts you. In a position to succeed every week, better than any QB in the league. You also have guys like Julio Jones and Cooper Cup who Ryan proclaimed to be his keeper heading into next season by week six of this year. You traded for Todd Gurley. And yes, I understand. An injury to James Conner, your keeper, is hard to swallow. It's just really disappointing.
0: Very disappointing. I think Ryan's got to be the most upset one out of you or him right now. Oh yeah. Right? Like, his team was legitimately great, and this will now be the case study going forward of why getting a bye is so fucking unbelievably important. Yep. You avoid shit like this. Because a really, really, really good team just left the playoffs probably too early. Yeah, No, uh, not taking anything away from Nick, obviously, but, like, Ryan's team has just been incredible. And, like, when we go through his season recap, like, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm looking at the numbers here. I'm like, this guy... Was so good all year. How the fuck is he at least not going to make the semifinals? I thought he had for sure had a chance to make the finals. Did we even have him in there? Either of us? We didn't. You had him winning this matchup.
1: I had Nick going all the way to the finals and unfortunately losing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah. If you're Ryan, you're disappointed, and there's no worse way to go out than losing All Sean on Monday night. Like, yeah, and it's it's just it's the perfect capper on All Sean Jeffery's. like career as a fantasy football (laughs) player isn't it like what else what else would you expect and the the thing is is like when you look at his options on the bench it's not like he made a mistake there it's not like putting in Jacob Hollister or John Brown in that flex spot would have done him any better and he had solid players all around like Gurley Diggs Jones Cup Lamar Jackson a green base defense against Washington like you go in confident but you know that you're playing Christian McCaffrey who isn't even the guy that burned you so it's like it's tough, man, and and what a takeaway for me when we look at, at at Ryan's team and his big performers, right? Todd Gurley showed up when it mattered most for Ryan. I right. mean, seventeen points. He traded a first round pick for him. This is what he got him to do, and they really took the reins off. We watched a Sunday night yeah. game together, and yeah. they really gave Gurley a lot of
0: they. You could tell he was opportunity. on opportunity. I think I think um, Nick put it in the chat that they took the uh, pitch count off him, yep. which I think is actually correct. Yep, you could tell they were saving him for the air quotes playoffs. Ha! What happened there, Sean? Idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they, they're they feeding him the rock now, and that, that paid off huge.
1: And look, moving forward, Ryan, that's a guy that you can consider keeping moving forward. He's got lots of options, but my point about this particular week where I'm going to keep it right now for a second, Gurley showed up 17 points. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, though, mm. I never want to discount anything Lamar Jackson does. He's a human highlight reel, but 20.8 points is not a Lamar Jackson total, and Lots of guys this week would have been very happy with 20 points out of the QB, but his 20 points is the lowest that he has scored since week five. And we knew Buffalo was a tougher matchup, but Ryan needs more from Lamar Jackson because he's been leaning on Lamar for more all
0: year long. That is the saddest part of this. As I remember in my notes when we were doing the predictions, when I just look back now, I had Ryan winning and then losing to Dan next week, but I made a little star-star. Lamar plays the Jets. Yeah. Because look the fuck out. and I think I even said it. Like That has like 35 plus points written all over it and weak winner that could propel him into the finals. And now we just won't even get a chance to let that happen. It sucks for Ryan. It does. It does. And he wasn't even watching. He was apparently listening on the radio. Yeah, like, two guys listening on the radio? What is this? Fucking 1995, guys? <laughs> we have phones and tablets and shit. Radio. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Let's have a post-mortem for Ryan. Let's do it. We mentioned it before, we'll mention it again. The most consistent team by far this season in a year that was just unbelievably up and down for pretty much everybody. He had two games under 100 points this season. Yeah. Make that three. This was the third. Horrible, horrible timing for that. Yeah. That is just fantasy in a nutshell. You can do everything right for 8, 9, 10, 12, 13 weeks. One week where things don't go well and your season's done. Uh, early season waiver moves were incredible. Lamar Jackson, of course, much talked about. Guy we probably haven't talked about enough. Darren Waller. Tight end landscape was a joke. This guy had him in there early in the season. Plug him in every week. He was great. Helped him win a lot of weeks. Yep. Um, an interesting thing to look forward. To, you actually touched on it with the Cooper Cup situation. Julio let him down this season. There's no way fans are butts about it. I thought after the first week or two. He put up 922 18 points with four total touchdowns in the first 3 weeks. Since then, he reached double digits twice. Since his bye week from week 10 on, 7 8 6 missed the game against New Orleans at the last possible second. That's right. And then 6 points this week in week 14. Yeah. That is not good enough out of your wide receiver one. That is shit. That's Keenan Allen-style stuff, and I fucking hate Keenan Allen right now. Yeah. How does Ryan feel about Julio Jones moving forward in this league? That is a big thing to think about for guys like Mike, who desperately need a wide receiver one, for Franco, who desperately need a wide receiver one and could be selected, will be selecting, in the top four of that draft, right where Julio could be, this off season.
1: What was so great about Ryan, though, is that even when Julio was down, Cup would have the boom week. And when right. he didn't, Diggs, who had a terrible start to the season and was glued to Ryan's bench, Diggs kind of revitalized his season mm-hmm. when Kirk Cousins pulled his head out of his ass. I mean, yep. he had some points. 36 points in week six. I'm back. Then 14-12. Okay, there's the one in the four-point weeks. And then 18 against Denver heading into the bye week. It's like... Overall, pretty good. Overall, that wide receiver production was scary. Add that to Lamar, Gurley, and the possibility of having James Conner. I mean, Ryan's team obviously looks scary. And one obvious injury to overcome, James Conner coming into the season as your RB1. That's a tough situation to overcome. This week, though, you got 18 combined points plus out of Lindsey and Gurley. That is good enough. But Julio and Stefan Diggs with Alshon going down, I mean, that is a combined 15 points from three wide receivers. That includes that flex spot. That's just that can't get it done. The fancy playoffs,
0: playing off of that for sure. That was the biggest question mark with Ryan's team all season, and you could tell with the trades and moves he was making that he he recognized there was an issue at running back. He needed more consistency and more upside. Connor was in and out of the lineup, like you mentioned. Gurley, up until a couple weeks ago, was a massive question mark. He was just pretty average. He was a low end RB two, and Philip Lindsay was a boom, the definition of boomer bust. One week's five points. The next week is fucking 14. The week after that is six. Like, it's just a disaster. You have no idea when that guy was going to be fantasy viable. The matchups seemed to not matter. So, ultimately, I think that really buried him. And, like, yeah, you just mentioned it. Gurley had 17 this week, 11 for Lindsey. You're not sitting there going, wow, that really fucked him. But at the end of the day, it's a similar situation to you, where, like, that upside guy isn't there. That 20-point dude isn't there. Even an Aaron Jones would have been better for Ryan, right? That would have helped propel him probably a little bit higher somehow, week to week, for the rest of the season. Am I wrong? Absolutely. I'm with you. So, you know what? RIP Ryan, man.
1: It's it's a tough way to go. It's a tough way to go. And, like I said, like you said, I'm not envious of that position. I'm much more happy to have been absolutely decimated with 144 than losing in that manner on Monday night, anticipating it all weekend, too. And knowing, especially from Sunday, that this was
0: the matchup. So, we won't keep beating a dead horse. Feel bad for the guy. I have one question for you, Mr. Kamish. Go ahead. Do you love this karma because he never changed his team name and picture? No, you know what? Is that Kamish Karma coming at him live? I, I, oh! I know that you want the drama, and some men,
1: Anthony, want to watch the world burn. Stir in the pot. But but I just feel, I do feel so bad for him. I just, and, and, and you know what? At least he lost to the better daughter. <gasps> at least he lost to Nick.
0: Is Mike going to appear off behind the drapes here? Let me ask you a question.
1: <laughs> who Who of any man in this league would you rather lose to anyone but Nick? In any sort of moment. I'm talking about finals,
0: semifinals, fantasy playoffs. Yeah. He's probably the best, like he's probably the least sore winner out of this entire group. Because the next
1: time Nick saw you, let's say you saw Nick four months after a defeat in week twelve, he yeah. would come up to you, shake his hand, and say, I'm so sorry for that. Yeah, week I'm sorry. Defeat. Yeah, I'd
0: apologize.
1: That you know that remember that week twelve defeat where it meant nothing in the grand scheme of things? I'm so sorry that I did that to you. <laughs> I'd be like, Nick, you know what? It's okay, man. I yeah, really appreciate it's fine. that. fine. So the next time Nick sees Ryan, he's going to give him a big hug and it's going to be okay. What if you lost to Mike?
0: This podcast's man crush on Nick and hatred for Mike is truly incredible. It's unparalleled. It's it's obvious. You lose to Mike in any way, shape, or form. Week 3, 12, 14, whatever. It's the worst. I now face him but in the, the loser thing is, bracket, by the
1: way. He's such a jackass. <laughs> if he was less of a jackass, Did he piss you off it would be okay. Well, I don't know. I muted the chat after he told me I was a loser. So then for the next forty eight hours so, I yes. didn't participate in the chat. <laughs> so I like, looked at the group chat today for the first time in over twenty four hours because once Mike started going off, I just I didn't have time
0: for it, man. You wouldn't last longer than an hour on the internet. You are <laughs> the, trolling is you are the definition you're like the white blood cells would attack you in every way, shape, and form. But you know, like, oh, Doria's so easily rattled. Let's tell him he when sucks. When you avoid <laughs>
1: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram like it's the plague, you can't really be affected. So when even the smallest uh, you can. <laughs> when even the smallest little virus works its way into your system, it really hits it really hard. You know out. what I mean? So mute the chat, Jeez. get myself out of it, go watch a movie, and just avoid football for the rest of Sunday. That was pretty much my strategy. Oh, that's tough, man. Why don't we look ahead? Oh, by the way, moral of the story: Nick's a nice guy.
0: Great um, guy, the best guy. <laughs>
1: We have to look ahead at the matchup for next next week week. because we have a one versus six matchup in Rich versus Nick. And these guys have met only once before.
0: Yeah. In week seven, Rich won. 115-113. Nail biter. But CMC on the bye. Yep. And Dalvin Cook capitalized. 26 points. Dalvin
1: Cook had a huge week without Christian McCaffrey playing. And if Nick had McCaffrey playing, obviously working in his favor. Yep. DJ had one carry for two yards that week. That was the big Chase Edmonds, Should I start him? Should I not? DJ plays even though Bruce Arians is kind of iffy on him, but said he's starting Jeez. and Rich was rattled about that as one he should carry. have been. Oh,
0: for sure. One carry is brutal, but
1: Rich survives that matchup. Rich, yes. because of that matchup ends up getting the one seed in that win by two points. Yep. Rich becomes 10 and three. Rich gets the opportunity to get the buy and now has to face a guy coming off a huge win. And if you're Nick, I mean, I don't want to say who Nick would rather play. You, I mean, playing either of the bye week teams no, got to be a scary. Yeah, that's It's got to be a yeah, scary no, thing. You, but, don't, you
0: don't choose this.
1: But Nick had confidence last week. We talked to him last week. He yeah, had confidence. Yeah. I don't think Nick is in any way afraid of a matchup with Rich. Basically, thinking to himself, my team, and not because of the opponent. it's no. Just because of his squad.
0: We just saw Rob win a fucking playoff game. Anything can happen, boys. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. The big thing to watch here for me, Dalvin Cook versus McCaffrey. That's the big one. Yeah. McCaffrey, doesn't he seem like he's due? Yeah. Doesn't it seem like he's just like, yeah, he's that big three touchdown, 150 yard, total yard performance is on its way.
1: He hasn't been taking advantage of some juicy matchup over the last couple weeks. He's got mm-hmm. a whole matchup against Seattle, yep, and I mean, Todd Gurley just kind of ran amok on Mm -hmm. Seattle, who Mm -hmm. doesn't look very good, especially Mm -hmm. after that Sunday night matchup. They're
0: going back on the road, Seattle is, in another time zone to play Carolina. And on the flip side, for Dalvin, big time concerns after last week. He got badly hurt, his shoulder got all fucked up, said he was going to play all week, backs it up. 18 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown, has two catches for 13. Not your typical Dalvin Cook week, still 13 points, it's fine, it's doable. The guy's. Not yet had a single digit performance this season. Not one time. Unbelievable. Jeez. So that's something to watch. If he aggravates that shoulder mid game, you gotta be worried. Like you gotta be that's one of those games Rich is gonna be watching. Like every hit he takes, if he's even a little slow to get up, like you gotta be butt clenched going, Fuck, that would suck.
1: Rich has already had a situation where one of his top running backs was voted on by the coaching staff as confident and that he's going to play. Right. We're talking about DJ. DJ and then he ends up going out for the game. He has Madison. He would much rather Madison just play as a starter than having Dalvin Cook get hurt. So definitely interesting to watch, but there's also interesting matchups at the RB2 spot because Mark Ingram, the Mm -hmm. guy he traded for, versus Leonard Fournette, the guy that Nick traded for. These are two possible keeper-caliber running backs going in the RB2 holes, and that's going to be a big matchup
0: too. Which RB2... We'll boom which RB2 will just be okay yeah that'll be that might be the difference in the entire thing let's look at matchups Mark Ingram plays the new York Jets whoof that's tasty yeah uh fournette plays the Oakland Raiders on the road that's also tasty yeah I like those matchups one of those two guys could have a monster monster game and it could swing the entire week it'll be good. Just like every other week this
1: season, Rich is going to have to make decisions at his wide receiver spot. Is T.Y. Hilton going to play for Richard Ben? They said week to week. Yeah, he he was out for three weeks, he came back, and now he's been out for another two. So, still week to week with a calf? I mean, if we don't see him, it may even be better for the situation. Because like we just said with Dalvin and D.J., What's worse than in week 15, and the week you need a guy the most, he goes down because of an injury that he re-aggravates. So yeah. Rich has been surviving without him. Terry McLaurin plays Philly. Philly just allowed 150-plus yeah. yards to Darius Slayton and two touchdowns. That's good. I, I mean, it, he could take advantage of a matchup like that, but Tyler Boyd against New England? Yeah. I don't know about that. Tyreek Hill
0: just caught his first touchdown of the year.
1: Yeah. Tyreek Hill against Denver could be pretty juicy, but as we've seen with Tyreek Hill, there's a few other guys that they could yep. go the other way with, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not. I don't know if he's going to have many decisions to make at the wide receiver position if, if TY is out. Um, really, the only guy is Devontae Parker. Well, he definitely right will. Now. He has to bench two guys no matter what. Devontae Parker may not play next week because of a concussion. Ooh. The Dolphins are being careful about their um, guy. I don't want to say careful. Let's put it this way the Dolphins are trying to lose games. They that have already they have already put multiple guys on the IR this season with injuries that, to be honest, as a Dolphins fan, if they were in contention, they would be playing through. Take
0: a Palooza, baby. They're
1: shutting dudes down. Yeah. Devontae Parker may not play with a concussion in, I believe, a contract year. So why the hell would he be trotting
0: out there in week? Three? 15. That is super interesting because looking at Rich's team, the only two receivers I would say, yeah, lock him in. Do it. It's Tyreek Hill and it's Devontae Parker assuming that T.Y. Hilton's out. Now that's super questionable. You might have to start Tyler Boyd in a must-win game. Yikes. And you will be starting Marvin Jones, but the good thing about that is it's a juicy matchup. Yeah, next so week he's against. probably in. But yeah, there's he got he's better prey doesn't make the wrong decision because Rich has made the wrong decision a lot this year. He's had a left a lot of bench points. On the bench this season. Hopefully it doesn't happen to him in the playoffs. And, and that's fine when you're 10-3
1: and three with a bye. But sure. like you
0: said, not now.
1: No margin for error
0: anymore. On the other side, we got the
1: two-seed Dan taking on the five-seed fucking Rob. They met twice this year. Dan won both of those matchups. Much more interesting the first time because Rob was still competing. 129-115, to 115, a win for Dan. And then week 13, it was a joke. Rob put up 70 points. Dan only put up 93. Right. It didn't matter. Um, Rob put up 144 points this week. In all likelihood, he'll put up 80 next week, right? Well, no Mike Evans. No Mike Evans. That's tough. You can't lose a guy. Like, I mean, you can when you put up 144, <laughs> but to ask that entire roster yeah. to duplicate what not they sure. just did, yeah. minus the wide receiver one, yeah. that's going to be tough. And we know what Dan's team can do. We know the depth. And you have
0: a lot of interesting matchups to look at. I do. I, uh, first of all, my eyes are on Saquon. Sure. He is not right. There's a couple, like, we haven't, again, there's another thing we haven't talked about a lot, and we will revisit the draft at some point this year, but, like, if in redraft leagues, the top running backs were McCaffrey, Saquon, Kamara, who am I missing? I'm missing somebody here. Somebody, oh, Zeke. Zeke. Three of those four have been pretty damn disappointing, Yeah. McCaffrey being the obvious stud, yeah. right? If you drafted him third overall, you're probably winning your league right now. Yeah. Saquon's been pretty mediocre, since he came back from injury, here's his last few-week output. Six this week going backwards. 11-6 by 3-9, then it was 20. Seemed to be after that Detroit game, kind of fell off a cliff for him. Yep. Just doesn't have that same burst. Remember he had the 13-carry, one-yard performance yeah. against the Jets in a juicy matchup? Like, what's up with Saquon? So, if again, same thing with Rich with Dalvin Cook. If he misses a few snaps... If he gets banged up, misses a quarter or two, or out for the game, even worse, that is a big, weak, swinging thing. We have to look at this stuff, right? So, my eyes are on Saquon. The other stuff, this is kind of the reverse Rich, where Rich kind of has a bunch of like, oh, you kind of got to guess who's going to go off at receiver. Any one of these guys for Dan will probably go off, but you just got to pray that you're picking the right ones the right one like he's almost trying to decipher okay which one is the most bust potential this week he has Woods at Dallas Cortland Sutton at Kansas City Kenny Galladay home to Tampa Bay still with a backup quarterback but man Tampa's secondary is so bad they are fantasy gold and DK Metcalf on the road to Carolina Tough decisions there. Right now, Dan is a guy who sets his lineup
1: weeks in advance. He has been ready for this week 15 for weeks. And I'm telling you right now, he's got Cortland Sutton on the bench, Metcalf on the bench. He's starting Galladay and Godwin in a huge, that game is going to be so dumb in terms of, because those teams are playing each other and Godwin just is going to be alone without Evans. I mean, they're just going to feed him nonstop against a terrible, terrible Detroit secondary. And then going back to the matchups, you're talking about Saquon.
0: Saquon's got Miami next week at home. Are you kidding me? But that's the thing too is like, if he is banged up and you're the Giants, much like what you just said about Parker, why risk him getting even more banged up this late in the season? And if he fucking gets seriously hurt and isn't ready for training camp, like teams think about this stuff at this point in the year. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It didn't seem like he was limited in terms of snaps in this game. It just didn't look that good. And with Eli there, I mean, it's, I don't know. Here's a couple dump-offs in the wrong area. Good luck fucking catching and running after that. I mean, I know he was great with him last year, but it's a little different now. He's a year older. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, say it, I'm looking at the numbers. Saquon has not been Saquon. 100%. If there's
1: any week that he may get away with it, it yeah, could be it could against be, Rob. Yeah. But I said that coming into this week, and look what that got me. The one last thing I want to touch on with Dan is this tight end situation, mm. because Mark Andrews is questionable. He left the game yes, that's this right. week against Buffalo with a knee injury didn't practice in a non-practice day on Monday because they play Thursday night against the Jets. If he doesn't go, he's got Evan Ingram on the bench, but Evan Ingram hasn't played for a few weeks now because of a foot injury. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to play this week, ended up not playing. Maybe that extra week's rest will get him ready for next week if he needs him. So Dan's depth at tight end, I mean, I mean he's got the depth there. We'll see if he has to use it. Patrick Mahomes is questionable. Patrick Mahomes is going to play gonna against play. Denver. He's
0: going to be fine. He's going to be
1: just fine. Yeah. So that's good. Maybe bruise, but no breaks, anything like that. He's got Mahomes. It doesn't matter who he's playing. He's playing at home against Denver. Mm-hmm. It should be a big bang spot for him. So, I mean... He did look hurt in that game. Yep. He did look a little You know what? There's shaky. been a couple games all year that Mahomes has been looking pretty shaky. But you know what? If there's one team... Rob put up a forty four. Yeah. If there's one team that's going to match him in terms of points scored... Rob, I mean, it's going to be Dan. Sure. The guy we know, we've seen him do it all year long. So, interesting matchup. What I want to do for one second is just take a peek at the loser bracket totals from this past week. And for anyone who was in the loser bracket, and you guys, Franco, Tones, yourself, Fuck. Um, CRG, and Mike, if they're looking at these totals, let me just rattle off some numbers for you. 110.9, 114, 135.8, and 79. Tones. Every single team except for CRG in the loser bracket would have beat every team in the championship bracket except for Rob. Franco's 110.9 would have beat Nick's 110.6. Oh, I'm telling you. Oh, Dan on a bye, 94 points. On a started, I understand these guys are on a bye, but their starters started. Rich on a bye this week put up 84 points. 110 from Nick, 96 from Rob, uh, from Ryan, and 91 from me. Tones. 3 of the 4 loser bracket teams that started their rosters would have beat the championship teams this week. What the fuck is fantasy football? I fucking hate it so much. That is unbelievable. I hate it's it. not it's not a case of guys not starting their guys. These guys started on a week that no one played. These guys had guys in their lineup that were supposed to play that put up the points. I'm talking about the bye week teams. What the hell is that? That's so dumb. It's crazy. So that said, we look ahead to the loser bracket matchups for next week. You are the seven seed. You play Mike, who is the ten seed because he's the worst, and he has <laughs> he, he has the last seed locked up. You just lost Calvin Ridley.
0: Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Uh, he's been really solid the last several weeks, uh, but whatever. It is what it is. This matchup's going to come down to the RBs, I think personally. Absolutely. Uh, Rashad Penny got hurt. Shocking. Rashad Penny's not a fucking startable or starting running back for 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 a team going forward in their future plans. So Chris Carson could be the main dude back. Carson Jones versus Zeke, and the surprising slow but unbelievably productive Derrick Henry. That will be super interesting. I haven't really looked at who they face, but that's probably what this week is going to come down to
1: there'll be nothing more beautiful for mike than to have derrick henry just fucking destroy you next week yep and send you to the third la- whatever it's so the consolation
0: loser bracket sure. game whatever sure. the hell it is the third place game i guess the yeah. seventh place game yeah and you know what i'll tell here. you what right now oh no sorry go ahead no no go ahead uh, I couldn't care less about the loser bracket. Of course. Whatever happens, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, just, so I couldn't care less where I finished.
1: Of all the years, I mean, we know that there's going to be so much talent going into the draft. It wasn't like past years where we knew Fournette and Saquon and, and certain sure. guys were going to come out as the number one consensus picks. There's a lot of talent that's going to go back into the draft next year, and there's a lot of talent from the college ranks that is going to come up yeah.
0: and be ready. So I don't want to downplay the loser bracket this year. Yeah, we still don't know what's going to happen, There's so much... A lot of these talented players can get drafted to fucking chump teams and are going, oh, fuck, great. You want the first pick to be able to have that decision. Rich got the benefit of that this year. He got
1: his boy. He got Tyree Kill. So you want to have that opportunity. But my prediction, you win. You have more depth. If one of Mike's two running backs doesn't go off, there just isn't enough supporting cast, I think, to put up another big total. I mean, we just said he put up 135 points this past week, but can Mike's team do that back-to-back weeks? Chances well, are no.
0: I'll say this. It is the loser bracket. So any one of us can dud in any given week and any one of us can go off on any given week. Like I'm genuinely worried. I, like, I feel like I have to put a pretty good number up to beat Mike. Like just to be safe. You know what I mean? I don't think 80 points is going to get it done here.
1: And also you just don't want to lose to Mike.
0: Yeah. I just don't. That's all this week is about.
1: On the other side, we got Franco, the eight seed taking on CRG, the nine seed. Franco's got dangerous guys.
0: Yeah. He has really boomer bust dudes that if they go big, like we just saw Darius Slayton do tonight, like, and he did it, what, a few weeks back, right? He was our fucking Greg Jennings. Like him, Gallup, Tyra Williams, Travis Kelsey, like these are all dudes that can have monster weeks that can totally swing shit, and
1: which Breeze, is scary. And Breeze against a good San Fran defense just put up 40 points in an absolute shootout. This week he gets Indian in primetime Monday night. He's obviously going to show up at home in mm-hmm. primetime. Kamara, on the other hand, hasn't looked good. It's it's yeah. one thing that I want to kind of point out as a deficiency because he just hasn't been right. Do you think he's hurt?
0: I think he's playing hurt, personally. Or the play calling for him has not been good. Like, there was, they put him in a couple of bad spots last week, but it sure. was the Niners' D. But yeah, he just he hasn't looked explosive, as slippery. Like, he hasn't broken as many tackles since he came back from injury, so I still think he's fighting it a little bit.
1: And DJ Chark, week to week, could be out next week, so he may not be there, but it may not matter because CRG, of the four loser bracket teams, here's a guy who just... Obviously did not care at all about the loser bracket because he sold, blew it all up, and got all the picks for it. But he only had 70 points this week. The squad doesn't look so good outside of maybe Russell Wilson and Devontae Adams. So because of that, I give Franco the edge. I think it's going to be Franco versus you. And from that, who really cares? Eh, I don't.
0: I know Franco does.
1: Um,
0: Alright, man. That's it for playoff stuff.
1: That's it for playoff stuff. I want to say one thing about the... We gotta do a D bag of the week. We have to. And I have a pretty good candidate for this week that do is it. really pissing me off. But hold on, we gotta throw to this week's edition of douchebag of the week. Man, no matter where this guy goes, it doesn't matter what city, doesn't matter what conference, it doesn't matter what division, it doesn't matter he's on my fantasy team and he brings my fantasy team drama. It's Odell Beckham Jr. This fucking guy is in a huddle. Oh, wait! No, he's not. His <laughs> team is in the huddle. And he's just chilling beside the
0: corner and Cincy being like, hey, man, should I play with you guys next year? Talk to me about Odell. We got a bre- Yeah, for people who don't know, news breaks on what, Sunday, Saturday, that he's been going up to team personnel and other players on other teams during warm ups saying, come get me. He He wants out of Cleveland, says. I don't like the way I'm used in this offense, which is completely fair. But, like, be a professional one time. Like, this should have been electric. Him and Baker should have been incredible. I remember on our draft day pod, I was going, man, you have the Baker-Odell stack. Fuck our lives. We're toast. Yeah. Like, that's going to be trouble all year long. And look what happened. Odell's just hes not the same guy. They don't use him the right way. Jarvis Lange is clearly the number one wide receiver there. And it makes no fucking sense. He's a great player, but, like, he's not Odell. Of course. It's ridiculous. So, instead of Odell trying to mitigate this situation, or trying to handle this situation, sorry, he is choosing to say, fuck this, and he hasn't really denied any reports. He, in the media afterwards, was, like, being a douchebag. I forget exactly what he said, but him and Baker were just, like, sounding off. It was ridiculous. Like, these guys are children. My
1: favorite thing about it is Odell coming out and saying that he has made an effort, a concerted effort, to create less drama this year because he knows how sour it got in New York. And in a matter of three days... All work that he may have done to hide that drama all season long has completely come undone, and it's all a big time joke. And we knew that the Browns were a joke. We knew that Baker was struggling. We knew that Freddie Kitchens is an absolute loser. And by the way, back to back Browns being our D bag of the week. Let's just throw that out there. And totally justified. But with with all of the drama surrounding the Browns and them being picks for Super Bowl, it's like what the hell's going on? Odell has been quiet. And in a matter of seventy-two hours, he has managed to undo yeah. all of that yeah. and create it once again. It's all about Odell. Are we doing this as the media? Not
0: really. No, this came out of nowhere. Yeah, and and, and, and it was a Jay Glazer report, and Jay Glazer gets the fucking he gets the goods. Like if there's a, he's the he's better than Schefter. What he says is fucking gold. To me what what pushed it over the edge was the clip of him standing
1: yeah, off near the yeah. corner and everyone being huddled up. And the, the reports play is are coming being up. Called, yes.
0: And he's standing basically lined up across the corner, like hands on his hips, like yep. just fucking chilling. Like it's I've never seen anything like that. That's fucking ridiculous. And it's I've been one- taking him off the field right there. I said, go to the locker room. Yeah. Fuck out of here. But no, Freddie Kitchens is no backbone and won't do it. Imagine Belichick. Did you imagine? And here's the here's how this ends though, eh? Oh, I know. He's exactly. ending up in New England. Absolutely. They tried to trade for him in the offseason. That was a report from guys like Schefter. And like, they have desperately needed explosiveness at wide receiver. They tried to do it with Antonio Brown, it didn't work. Maybe they try another head case in Odell. I think that's where he's gonna end up. But he pulls that shit with Belichick. Oh my fucking God. I will be sitting there with popcorn. What the fuck's he gonna do? Belichick's gonna kill him. So, I am going to throw out a pod
1: prediction that hopefully ends up on our pod next year mm. where we can do what we just did to Richard Ben, right. where we pull it from the archives. But here's my prediction, Tones. Go ahead. One of A.J. Green or Odell Beckham Jr. will be on the New England Patriots as of week one of next season. Cool. Both of those guys are currently on my fantasy squad. Mm hmm. We'll see what happens yeah, I like in it. terms of keepers moving forward, but like a Tom Brady connection with Bill Belichick and one of those talented guys yeah. may be enough for me to swing in the direction of keeping one of those guys sure. going into next year, Definitely because as of right now, what to do with Odell moving forward? For the love of God, man, I don't know. It's just a disaster. It's impossible to know right now. Something has to change. There's going to be
0: so much that's going to change.
1: The coaching staff has to change. Yeah. He's got to get, I mean, he pulls that out of his ass. Something has to. Something has to change, but anyway... That's all we do there. We don't talk about Odell anymore. We need to just give respect tones to the playoff teams on week 14's recap of the playoffs. Congratulations to our winners. All. I hate them all. I know Except we Except for do. Nick. Except for Nick. Congrats right, Nick. to Nick. Congrats to Rob. And you know what? Rob was great about it all week long. He was great, he was nice. He was respectful. He it's because he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, which yeah, almost makes but it worse.
0: But <laughs> you're it in. a
1: guy that doesn't even fucking But he care didn't about. rub it in, you know. And that was really nice. Oh, and he I should've. know, I know, it's all about competition and friendly competition. But you know what? He was a great guy about it, and that's all I have to say about that. So he's next just better week... at
0: fantasy than you. That's just what we know now. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs>
1: Good luck to all moving forward, including those in the loser bracket. Yes. What a switch next week, because Ryan and I are the only guys who don't have anything anymore to play yeah. for. It's crazy how it just kind of ends. It just ends. You know? It's just... 1.84. It's, it's over. 1.84. Tones, you looking forward to next week? You have to
0: be a little bit excited. No, not, even, Saints, not even a little. The Saints are... I could get killed by my... I just won't care. At least you have my the same. My team Saints. took a tough L this week, too. I know. A I niners.
1: Know, Fuck. I know it's tough because of what it looks like, but it was such a good game to
0: watch. For you, maybe. For me. I lost a year of my life. Yeah. Like, thank God I had no fantasy implications last week, because my heart would have just... I wouldn't have taken it. Like, I was dying, man. Especially because you would have inevitably lost in fantasy anyway. Sure. 100%. You're not wrong. Yeah. By heartbreaking fashion. Go Saints. Go, say to Go fantasy football Even though I hate it I still love it Because I'm still doing A part about it So Tones We'll see you next
1: week See you, Yeah 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 Woo Sound, 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 sound. Let me see your shoulders work I mean I don't know What y'all came here to do But uh yeah. If you ain't got a lighter What the fuck you smoking from you ain't